You're listening to the Core Stories Podcast. These are stories about lives that intersect with Jesus. I'm Emily, the Communications Director at Otter Creek Church. Emily Little shared with me her story of loss, transition, tragedy, her journey of hope, and what she has learned about herself in the process. I'm Emily Little, and I'm married to Matt Little, and we have a seven-year-old, almost eight-year-old daughter, Sophie, and a dog, and um, we've been at Otter Creek for 23 years, so ever since we got married. This is the only church we've ever been a member of. So, um, I grew up in Huntsville and then moved to um, Atlanta, Georgia, when I was about in eighth grade, and then stayed in Atlanta until I came to college here in Nashville at Lipscomb, and stayed, never left. And so I met Matt because I have an older brother. He's three years older than I am, and Matt's two years older than I am. And um, he was a friend of my brother's, and so I had the little sister crush on the big brother's friend from basically day one. And um, I remember them calling from my brother's dorm room to see if I needed help moving in and putting Matt on the phone and just thinking he was hysterical. So I stalked him for literally stalked him for three years and knew where his class schedule was and knew, um, you know, when he was going to be in the library, um, was actually truly good friends with most of his friends. So it wasn't a totally weird thing. We all hung out together, but we were just dear friends all through college. We did stuff together all the time. And I was like, completely stalking him and he knows it and he's not scared or anything <laughs> maybe a little scared <laughs> but um but finally um my the end of my junior year he asked me out on what was a real date like not just one of our let's just go out and hang out so we've been together ever since <laughs> we were married 15 years before we had Sophie and that was by choice so we were not 100% sure we were going to have kids that just wasn't something that we just didn't have this huge desire like a lot of people. And so we were a little strange in that. But after about 15 years, we're like, if we're going to do this, we better. <laughs> the time is running out. And um, just uh, felt like the world needed a little bit more of Matt. He's just a sweet guy and funny and something special about him. And we just thought, you know what, we just need to. Um, see if this is going to work, and if it's meant to be, it is, and if it's not, and anyway, now we have Sophie, and so we're the old parents with the <laughs> with the little seven-year-old, and we feel tired a lot and sore and achy and um, out of touch, <laughs> but she seems well-adjusted, so we're hoping for the best with that, but we had a really, like, long hard season. And when I say that, it was a long, hard season. It wasn't like we were miserable and un- or unhappy the whole time, but there was just this uh, time of immense change where even when I look back now, I'm like, what our life was prior to like 2008 versus after 2008, it's like I'm a completely different person or our life circumstances are completely different. So I um, had taught for 13 years and um just, I was in a situation where I just kind of felt like a square peg in a round hole for the whole time I worked um, there, even though I felt like I was doing good work and I felt like it was a ministry. And so I think sometimes when that happens, you stay longer than maybe you should. And so I was pretty done by the last two years I worked there. And 
I had been treated very well by the administration. They had promoted me, and I felt a responsibility to to do them proud and to do a good job. And so I pushed myself even more than I had before to fit into a situation that maybe was not where I needed to be and let pretty much everything else go, relationships, um, hobbies, anything that brought joy. (laughs) So the last two years that I worked there were just all work. And finally, Matt and I were like, this can't go on. And so we just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And I felt that I needed to quit, but I didn't want to be a quitter. So, but we prayed about it and an opportunity came up for me to leave and it was just such an answered prayer. And so I quit a job that had benefits and, you know, that I felt like was doing a good work and I left and just took some time and I was doing some kind of odd jobs with other friends in the learning community, but I took a class, an art class, just for fun. It was a weekend hobby thing. It wasn't like how to be an artist and just something clicked. And so I started painting every day because I didn't have a job. And um, Matt was like super supportive, like I said. And, you know, we were, it wasn't like we could totally do one salary, but it was for sanity's sake it needed to happen. And so I took this weekend art class just for fun. I hadn't done anything creative in years and I had been, I used to do an uh, antique booth at the Gaslamp Antique Mall. I'd had a flea market booth with my best friend. I used to have a craft room in every apartment or house we'd ever had, and I just had let all that go. But this painting class was just something new and different, and it just clicked, and I just started painting because I had time. And right about that same time was when we were like, well, maybe we should have a baby. And I got pregnant. So that's 2009. So from 2008, I quit my job, take the painting class, start painting. People start showing interest. I get pregnant, um, have Sophie in 2009. Well, right when I got pregnant, my best friend was having some health issues. And she, um, I still cry about it now, but um, she found out she had ALS right when I found out I was about to have a baby. And so we were... Um, the only childless couples, like we didn't have friends that didn't have children and they didn't have children either. And it was also a choice, some health related, but some other things with her. And so here she got the news that her life was terminal. And I was, got the news that I was going to have a baby at 37. And so it was just a really hard um, thing. I you know, my life was consumed in a different direction with uh, prepping for a baby, um, this new art career that was kind of starting. And she was having to quit her job and move and um, struggle to just do normal everyday things. And so that was about 2010, 2011. So she ended up dying right before Sophie's second birthday. So she, you know, never got to see my art career go um where it's been, she um, she knew Sophie as an infant, but she was at the point where it's not like she could hold her or do things. And so that was just like, that all happened. Well, then we, so this is all happening, you know, kind of all woven in and out and, and tied together. And so we had lived in Nashville since we've been married. And so we had the baby and we were like, oh gosh, we have to move to Brentwood because that's what you do. And so we, um, our house sold really quickly and we bought this foreclosure house in Brentwood. And I think that was 
2011 is maybe when we bought that. That whole time period was such a blur. Um, so we move, we buy this like foreclosure house for next to nothing. And it was the biggest money pit and the biggest um, just project. I mean, held together by duct tape. We spent that whole first year patching and replacing and nothing fun about it. Like there was no like, oh, paint colors. It was all oh my gosh, everything's leaking. There's, you know, nothing's working. We turn the switch on and something blew. The roof, the um, hot water heater, the air conditioner, the plumbing, the electricity. I mean, everything had to be redone. And we had just, we'd been in it about a year and we had just gotten to the point where maybe we could just breathe. I mean, we weren't even talking about like making it look cute. We're just like, maybe we can breathe. And, um, and it burned down. So, you know, <laughs> and so this all is happening kind of like, so Christy died before Sophie turned two. And then right before, like that was in July before she turned two. And then in October before she turned three is when the house burned. So, you know, I'm still dealing with all of that and just all the change of just having an infant and quitting my job and this new job and then Christy dying and then moving and then the house being a complete disaster. And then we go out for the night and come back to, you know, flames shooting out of um, our house. And I mean, we followed the fire trucks into the neighborhood wondering where they were going and it was our house you know just everything like every cliche you could like oh, what? you know I mean it, it we're like running out of the car trying to get to our house there's 13 fire trucks out there the neighbors had called it in and um and it was a lamp that we had left plugged in that the wire had been compressed somehow and it had just decided at that time to to arc or, or burst or whatever they call it we were just numb, but so thankful for we weren't home. It happened while we were all three out of the house, and the lamp was right next to Matt's side of the um, bed. And the rooms that were most destroyed um, were Matt's, were our bedroom and Sophie's bedroom, because it went up, it went through the attic, and then the ceiling fell into the crib. At that moment, you're just like, I I'm so thankful, you know, that we weren't home and. And it was just so funny because I was like, I can't believe the house like burned because of a lamp that we brought in when the whole house had been like screaming to die for the entire time that we had owned it. So that started us on a whole different journey of um, renting a house for a year that um, was honestly the best year we'd had uh, probably ever. Um because that house had just brought out a lot of things, ugly stuff, like just why did we feel like we need this ginormous house for three people? And why did I feel this need to have it decorated perfectly? Like I, I felt like I needed to have everything done and it all needed to be beautiful. And I needed to buy furniture for all these rooms that we weren't even going to use. And it just very much, I was having that keeping up with the Joneses mentality the whole time from the minute we walked in the door and the house just was fighting us on that the whole time the money was just being poured in and so when the fire came it basically wiped all of that away there was no more of that um the when the fireman asked us what we wanted out of the house they were going to go back in I said I just want um, my computer just for pictures. I mean, I didn't even care about the computer itself. I just wanted the pictures and I wanted, um, Sophie's Pooh Bear cause that was her favorite thing. So he went in and he got the computer and he got, found the Pooh Bear, which 
she had for one night because it never could get the smell out. But so much good came out of all of that that it just, there's very little we miss. Um, I think the only thing I can say that I miss is the video of her birth. Um, That's the only, like everything else was just like stuff. And it became very apparent within hours that we didn't care about any of the stuff. It it was a hassle. Um, The whole thing was a hassle. Um, But we had great insurance. We had an amazing support of neighbors and friends and church and community and strangers that we never lacked for anything. And um, so... I know other people go through situations like that, and I can, I just had such sympathy that for people who whose insurance doesn't treat them right or who have to go through so many more loopholes than we did. We truly were blessed with the people that worked with us on the house and the insurance. We were never scared we weren't going to come back, but there was um, it, it was a, a complete start over as far as all that. And so we rented this little house for a year. It was awesome. It was like probably a thousand square feet. Everything in it was given to us, donated to us, or provided by insurance. None of it was our own. And it was so freeing. It was so freeing just like to not have that responsibility, that materialism, that to realize that it's totally okay. Like I didn't need all that stuff anyway. And I remember filling out the loss lists for the house for insurance purposes. And you're having to remember, you know, how many pairs of jeans you had or, you know, what was in that cabinet that you never opened in the dining room or whatever. And what was in all those boxes that were in the garage that had moved from house to house that you never, and so you can claim it. And I remember just getting, feeling sick to my stomach, just the more pages I filled out, estimating all the stuff and stuff that we never wore, that we never used, that we had forgotten that we had, that just was stacked up and put in corners and we didn't even need it and we didn't even use it. And to live in that house with nothing, I mean, they rented us trash cans and shower curtains and forks. And the clothes I was wearing were pretty much given to me. The art on the wall, all my artist friends just showed up with all this gorgeous thousands of dollars worth of beautiful art. And they, my, my rental home looked better than that home (laughs) that burned. I mean, they had, they, I mean, it was just amazing that the generosity, the outpouring to be on the receiving end of that was so humbling. And I just remember we were so free that year. Other than just the hassle of rebuilding, we were so free. We didn't have a care in the world. We didn't have to. We didn't feel obligated to do anything or to be anything. Uh, We just were. And it was a good time for our family to realize that that none of that stuff mattered as wherever we were together was where home was and what home was. And so, you know, our big push after that was that we don't want to fall back into those old mindsets and traps, but it's hard. I mean, it, it happens, but I think we always can refocus our recender when we remember, I think to losing Christy the year before that put a lot of things in perspective. Um, because I could have a better attitude about losing stuff because I lost this person that was, um, such a dear, you know, soul sister to me. And, um, so losing the house didn't seem quite as 
a house that like fought us tooth and nail, that was nothing but trouble, um, just never, it, it didn't seem as big of a deal. And I also think because that we'd only been in there a year, I think that helped. Um, so I'm not saying I'm a saint. I think that house never was our home. We had always intended to flip it. So we weren't as attached, but we moved back in after a year. So we moved, you know, into the house, out of the house. And then we moved back into the house, lived there for a year and knew we were going to sell it. Um, just wanted to enjoy living in a new house for a year. <laughs> We'd never ever in our entire marriage lived in a house that was brand new. So we, it was nice just to, everything worked and it was pretty. And so we lived in it for a year, but we knew we had to sell it before we got attached. And so uh, we did. And so then we moved again. And so honestly, just now, just in the last year or two, have I felt like settled. So yeah, when you say, you know, do you have a time? We had a season. <laughs> we had a season, but I will say that we felt God all throughout that season, um, you know, we were so blessed with a healthy baby and that she's hysterical and is a perfect complement to our family. God was with that art thing. The the fact that like I have, was completely self-taught, just picked it up as a hobby. And within a year of starting that just for fun, I was in stores and in galleries and then like licensing my artwork. And I can look at that and say, I had no hand in that. That was completely God. I left a job that was fulfilling in certain ways, but not really not in other ways. Like my whole creative side of me was just completely repressed in that job. And to realize that, and I stayed in it too long, but to know that God's like, you know, I know I keep trying to get you to leave. And then I finally left. He's like, okay, now look what we can do. And I felt that because the whole reason I even have what I have is because I made a wrong turn. And the fact that like I had all this art in my car and a friend said, you should go to this store in Brentwood. I know the owner. She knows you're coming. Just go see if she'll sell your stuff. And it was not my personality to do cold calls, but I made a wrong turn, never made it to that store. But I wandered into this other store by accident and walked in and thought, I think my stuff actually would go here really well. And got the courage, you know, to say something. And she took all of the artwork that day. And because I was in that store, uh, the owner of a major wholesale home decor company was in within six months of me getting in the store, had come in and saw my artwork. And I get a call wanting me to develop images and collections for them to produce into products that are sold all over the country. And I'm still doing that now. And I got into art shows and it was all because of a wrong turn. And I feel like from me quitting my job to taking that weekend art class to making that wrong turn, none of that was, I would not have known to pursue this as a career. I would not have known what licensing was. I wouldn't have had the courage to go apply to an art show or take my stuff to a store. So I, even though there, it was a season of transition, when I look through all of that, God's hand was like, just quit. Just quit the job. There's something better for you. And because I quit, this art stuff came up. And then I decided I want to have a baby. And I can't think of a better job to have than this art job because it's flexible. I can do it in my home and she gets to be there with me. I can do as much or as little of, with it as I want. And then the whole house thing was such a good leveler, just a good way to reprioritize, to 
think more about what's important and what's not important. Through all of that, God's hand was so apparent, and we we felt it at that time. It wasn't ever a time where we were like, where we were like, where is God? Maybe as far as why do things always happen to us? Because <laughs> we've had, our first house got hit by a tornado, our second house got hit by the flood, and so this our third house burned. So now we live like on two and a half acres, like with no neighbors, because we just feel like that's a service to people. Because <laughs> we're like, what's next? Sinkholes, earthquakes. I think the fact that we both have a really good sense of humor about things. And so it's just, you know, if we couldn't laugh about it, um, I think we're at our best when things are going very wrong you know, somehow find the humor in it. Not that it was all funny at all. We, there were a lot of tears and a lot of anxiety. But I think that one thing about Matt is he's just hysterical and just optimistic. And so, and he brings the, I, I'm, I can be funny, but he's definitely got the more optimistic personality. So together we're, we've been able to face these ridiculous situations that keep happening over and over again um, with humor. And so um, as I was quitting my job and transitioning to all these new things, I would periodically come to Bible studies. I wasn't very committed. Just there was a lot going on. Um, but I would I would show up for a while and have the book and do some of the lessons. But this one verse, and I had never heard this verse before, and it became kind of like my tagline. I mean, it's just like my, I still um, hold on to it, but it's um, Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Um, I feel like it covers everything that's ever happened. I mean, you know, I love that idea of making things new, um, that that we're being renewed every day. That was Christie's verse, too, that outwardly, you know, you're wasting away, but inwardly you're being renewed day by day. Um, so that, um, you know, the, the new creation, you know, the old is gone, the new is here. And I feel like I've been reinvented multiple times in the last few years. And um, our family's been reinvented. Our home has been reinvented. My career has been reinvented. We've actually have a new life that's part of our life now. And so that whole thing, like, you know, it, the past, you can miss Christy, you know, the the past of that job, the past of that house, um, you know, the past of anxiety and fear and struggle and um, feeling, you know, uh, like you don't fit in exactly, you know, all that stuff. Well, forget that, you know, forget the past. Um, don't dwell on it. You know, just God's constantly doing a new thing. And um, I, we feel like we are just living proof of new things because we've had to be, <laughs> you know, and just being able to embrace the next new thing and um, has been, um, like I said, I feel like that verse has become our... Um, our little motto <laughs> because we can't hold on to anything too tight because we don't know when the next like hurricane or, or earthquake or sinkhole, <laughs> we don't know when the next thing's going to hit. So we can't hold on to any of that past stuff too tightly. So we always got to be ready for the new. Core Stories is a ministry of the Otter Creek Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. To find more stories, go to ottercreek.org slash stories and follow us on Instagram at Otter Creek Church.